Welcome to Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast. Get the inside scoop on how to help your child become successful in and out of school. As parents, we know that your child can sometimes forget to share the notes from their backpack. That's why we've launched this podcast just for you. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Helen Westmoreland. And I'm LaWanda Tony, and we're your co-hosts. And today we're talking about money. Whether you are a spender or a saver or somewhere in between, money is a huge part of our society. So how can we teach our children about money and how to use it responsibly? It's a great question. Also, who should be teaching our kids about money? Is it the parent's job? Should schools have a role in financial education? Maybe it's a combination. We are going to get to the bottom of that and much more today with our very special guest. We are excited to welcome Jen Hempel to the show. Jen Hempel, a military spouse and proud bilingual Latina, is a Latina money expert, an accredited financial counselor, author, and speaker. She also hosts the award-winning podcast, Her Dinero Matters, which focuses on the advancement of U.S. Latinas to minimize the gender wage gap while creating a healthy, confident conversation around money. She has been featured in publications such as Forbes, Oprah Magazine, and many more. If that's not enough, she is also the mom herself of two children. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much, Helen and Lawanda. I'm really, really excited to be here, especially talking about money, especially talking about financial education in schools. And our kids is just so very important because as kids ourselves, chances are nine times out of 10, parents didn't talk to us about money. So we need to start a cycle of talking to our Mm -hmm. kids about money. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So we like to start off with a little bit of background. I think you teed it up. Why are you so passionate about financial education and how did you get into that career? Well, I've always really enjoyed the topic of money. And I think a part of it was because growing up, I was born in Colombia, and it was a time where the economy wasn't very good. My parents were both college educated, and my dad, being a foreigner, he's American, had a difficult time Mm. getting a job. So finances were very, very stressful. And I always heard, we can't afford it. We don't have enough money. And it was just really some tough times. And seeing that, I was that kid because they already told me we don't have the money. I didn't ask my parents for money. Or very rarely. I can't say that because if I had them on, they might say differently. (laughs) I like to say very rarely did I ask for money because in my brain, they've told me they didn't have any. And I saw them struggle. I saw the hardship. Mm. So it was very important to me to find that babysitting job, get money, and earn that money. And I always vowed that I wanted to be in a better financial spot when I became an adult. So that was a part of it. And then the second part, You mentioned a a military spouse. And for me, it was just very important to have a career. But because I knew my husband and I wanted to have kids and being military, my husband would be traveling a lot. I wanted to make sure that I was at home with my kids. So I wanted to have a career, but I wanted to be at home. What it looked like, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And eventually it led to this business Mm. in a nutshell. So I want to talk a little bit about how we demystify money for kids. Like you mentioned at the top, that when you were a kid, our, a lot of us, our parents didn't talk to us about money. They didn't talk about it a lot. 
we might have heard them having conversations with each other. Or I remember asking my mom for something and she said no. And I was like, why? Why can't you just go to the ATM and get it? (laughs) And she's like, you have to have money at the bank to be able to withdraw it out of the ATM. But never really explaining money. Why do you think that is? I think because as parents, we tend to think we're not good with money. Mm. And we may tend to think, who are we to talk to our kids about money when we've made all these mistakes? Mm-hmm. Or maybe the finances are tight, or maybe money is such a stressful topic for you. It could be any of those things. But mm-hmm. I think it's really important that even though you may not be perfect with money, who is, even with the mistakes, that brings value to a conversation with your child. Because Mm -hmm. from your mistakes, from being imperfect, you can be open about it, even Mm -hmm. though it's scary, but it's okay. You're human. We are all human. And in being able to talk about those mistakes, how valuable it is, because you already are seen as a hero in your kid's eyes. And then you putting yourself in a spot where you're human, Mm-hmm. It makes your kid, I think, really appreciate you more because you're not perfect. And mm-hmm. kids, when they're little, they're getting into trouble a lot and making mistakes because that's what we do. But I think it's just really important to do you at this time with what you know mm-hmm. and not be afraid to talk about money, not be afraid to share those mistakes. Oh, We overdrew the account. Okay, how did that happen? And share with them what the cause with that. And that Mm -hmm. from there, they are learning from you. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very valuable. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. That makes a ton of sense. One of the other things Luanda and I were remembering that makes the money conversation hard is like when we were up, there was a lot of physical money, Mm -hmm. right? Money felt very tangible. You knew what it got. Now, whether it's cryptocurrency or these like (laughs) other monetary-like things, games and otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's a more abstract concept. How do you suggest parents get underneath it when money does feel kind of unreal in some ways to kids? Should we be taking money out of the bank and doing what we did growing up? How have you seen things change and how do you suggest parents address it, Jen? You need to know your kid best and you can definitely take out that cash. I think there's value for sure in that. But because we don't live in that world, there's value in seeing that cash and having them spend that cash money and understand that process of spending and how it's minimizing the money that they already had, maybe in savings. But there's also value in making sure they understand this digital world of online banking. And the best way to do that is is them having a budget. Mm. It can be super simple. If they Mm. receive allowance, their income is their allowance. And you can create really simple buckets in that budget that can serve as their categories. It could be savings, spending, it could be investing, right? And then having and using, there's all sorts of Mm -hmm. credit cards too that are made for kids that aren't credit cards, but it's literally the parent putting Mm -hmm. some money into an account and they're using that. So there's those type of tools out there that you can use, but allowing them to spend 
to fall on their face because this is the time that if they make mistakes, you're there to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And making those mistakes right now is valuable. I mean, can you tell them all about making mistakes? But it's really valuable <laughs> it's for real. them to see that because this is yeah. how they learn because we do live in a digital world. They need to understand how that works and how, of course, there's not a lot of writing checks anymore, but really understanding, for example, Mm. when you write a check, that doesn't mean the money has already been taken out right right away until the check is cashed. Because sometimes we think, oh, (laughs) there's extra money. You forgot that there's still a check that hasn't been cashed. So I think it's a combination of those things and just knowing your kid as well in terms of what they're ready for, what sparks their interest at this time, because what sparks their interest is what they're ready for, right? Especially when they're asking these types of questions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, that makes a lot of sense. With my son, his interest does help us have that conversation around money because it's about the gaming, adding money to games to do certain things. So the games. (laughs) Yes, the games. This makes so much sense because Caleb's interests right now, of course, are games, just like any other nine-year-old. And adding money to the games to be able to do a particular thing or a skin or something like that. So he's always asking for this, I call it invisible money. So for holidays, he's asking for gift cards and then now debit cards and saying that we owe him (laughs) because can we add money to this card or things like that. So I love how you said be able to educate them about money with their interests because that's what would keep him more engaged than me physically handing him some money. Putting money on his V-Bucks card makes all the sense to him. So at the top of the episode, we talked about this big question about what should parents be doing at home to help their kids better understand money, but also what should schools be doing? Jen, what do you see as those roles? There is that discussion or debate. Parents should be teaching kids about money. No, schools. I think it's both because one, We need to start that cycle. And with some schools, they have some sort of personal finance component. But it's interesting in my son's school, because he graduated from high school last year, they do have that. It can be self-directed. Or if you're taking economics, then that covers that piece for them to be Uh, able to graduate. So is that really enough? The same. Yeah. Would that self-directed component be enough? I don't think so, because I think you need to talk. (laughs) I think going through a course, yes, will it be helpful? So I know I'm going around the loop with this, but school should be teaching real life concepts, Mm. like the importance of saving, what debt is, how to use a credit card, because there's nothing wrong with using a credit card if you're using a credit card responsibly. What a credit report is, what the purpose of the credit Mm. report, taxes, teens get jobs. Do they understand their pay stub? Do they understand, okay, I was supposed to get paid this money, but all of a sudden, a good chunk of it is gone. What happened? I think those type of real-life concepts should be taught in schools because I know my son, now that he's in college and he's learning some real-life lessons, and I've been helping him along the way. He's like, why didn't it teach us in school? Mm. Why didn't we hear this versus being taught X, Y, and Z? (laughs) But I think what parents should teach them is their experience, values Mm. are important in the conversation of money, how to be a good saver. But beyond that, what has it done to them when they saved? 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What has it done for them when the parents spend responsibly? Why is that important? Like the parents will be able to take those concepts and give it a more personal flavor, if you will, yeah. because the kids will relate to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think both sides have a role because the parents' responsibility, yes, is to get them ready for adulthood, right, for the real life. The school's responsibility is to educate them. And I think personal finance, I really think both sides have that role. Well, I think that you're right. It's kind of a part of college prep because, I mean, we've all went to college and I don't know about your campuses, but our campuses had credit card people rep free t-shirts yes free (laughs) t-shirts yes my first credit card was from my university right that i got there yeah totally and no one really gives you that instruction of what to do with it once you get it we've all had to learn those hard lessons so i think that it should be something that parents are responsible for but also a part of that college development college prep in the schools Absolutely. And it could be like the school teaches the concept and the parent continues a conversation Mm -hmm. at home with that concept, Mm -hmm. whether it's the taxes or what's on that pay stub, how to read this pay stub. You gave us a good list. I'm like, I got to write all those down. Yeah, (laughs) no, totally. I love it. Some of our listeners wrote in and gave us some scenarios or some questions that we'd love some help with. Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. Yay. Let's do it. My 14-year-old started babysitting, and he already wants to begin saving for a car. I want to encourage him, but I'm not sure what's a responsible goal for him to set, how much we as parents should chip in, or how he can even start the process. How do other parents handle this? Well, in terms of shopping for a car, if a teenager wants to save for a car, I love that this teen already wants to save. That first of all, <laughs> I want to acknowledge that. That is yes. awesome. I think the first step would be to not necessarily go to the dealer. You can buy cars online now. We're so advanced nowadays. But shop, in quotes, for cars. Window shop if you will, for the cars to see what kind of car the kid wants. So that way you have an idea of what kind of Mm. car, what cost. Talk about the car depreciation. Maybe the car I know, (laughs) my oldest, when he was talking, I want to buy a car. He wanted to buy a Corvette and a brand new Corvette. And then we had conversations about how much they cost and why would he want it new? Why can't he get a use on it? Eventually, he's like, he understood that Mm. cars appreciate. So you want to have any idea and from that have conversations. Okay, you want this car, it costs this. Why do you want this car? But you want to also be realistic for you and your kid and your teen. Because besides the cost of the car, cars need maintenance. (laughs) After the car is purchased, the maintenance, the insurance, gas, if you want to go anywhere with the car, right? So you want to be realistic and you want to work backwards with the cost of the car. And you want to have a conversation with your partner of, okay, is our child going to be responsible to purchase the car, the full cost, to pay the insurance, which we know, oh my goodness, is sky high. (laughs) Are they going to be also responsible to maintain the car, put gas in the car? It's a lot for a 14-year-old. So having that discussion with your partner to see what would make sense and be realistic for him or her, 
And then from there, decide how you can help financially, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do. But they need to be aware beyond just buying the car. There's going to be maintenance. And there's websites where you can look up, okay, the maintenance schedule. And then Mm -hmm. from there, you can look up for changing the brakes at X amount of miles. How much do brakes typically (laughs) cost? So you really want to have that realistic conversation. But make it doable for them, if possible, for your finances. Because Mm -hmm. you don't want to put yourself in the hole. So after they buy the car... What kind of monthly income are they going to continue babysitting? Would they need to just put gas in the car or whatever you all have decided and agreed upon with your kid that this is what will help you with, but you are responsible for A, B, and C. So it's about looking at the whole picture, but really seeing where the head is at. I have a follow-up question to that because I had a job really young. I feel like I learned the most about money when I was earning money and I had to decide what to do with it and it felt very real and I had things I had to pay for. And what is your general advice of that conversation to have with your kids around earning money and how to navigate that responsibly? I love that question. So I think when your kid is interested in earning money, I think that's a great thing because I think they're ready for managing that money. You need to have the conversation in terms definitely creating a budget, a simple budget. So what is their interest? I think saving and if they're ready for investing, even if it's just a little bit, have a conversation about their goals as well. So why do they want to work? Why do they want to earn money? What is the money that they're earning going to go to those conversations that will help you create that budget. And really, that's simply it. It's just creating a plan for what that money is going to be for Mm -hmm. and having that understanding. Because sometimes kids just want to earn money because, oh, I just want to have money so I can spend. Yeah. I think that's usually the driving factor for a lot of kids. Right. But I think another fun conversation to have is, okay, if you're earning that money and you can fast forward their lives until, let's say, when they're an adult, what does this translate to when they want to rent an apartment and have the utilities to pay, have those scenarios for conversations so they understand how far the money that they're making right now goes or doesn't go. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that you can do that helps them think ahead, even though they're not going to be renting an apartment right then. But I think it's helpful to understand, have these real life scenarios. Okay, I'm making this amount of money a month. If I had an apartment and I had utilities, there's even games online that you can plug those numbers. Oh, this is how much money I would have left after I pay all the bills. Oh my gosh, I don't have enough to eat or those type of things. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you, Jen. No problem. We've got one more scenario for you. Dad writes in, I really want to get our 17-year-old a credit card, but my wife is nervous. What advice do you have when it comes to teens and credit cards? We've done this with our oldest. We haven't done this with our youngest yet. Add them as an authorized user. Definitely, it can help them build their credit. First, you want to have a conversation with your teen, like if you're contemplating this and haven't decided, and you can say, hey, John or Amanda, 
we want to add you as an authorized user to help you build this credit and why this is important. But if we do this, this is what the card can be used mm-hmm. for and what it cannot be. I know in this scenario, you mentioned emergencies. You need mm-hmm. to define what an emergency is because when I hear the scenario, I want to use a credit card for emergencies. In my mind, being that I teach personal finance and I coach around this, I'm like, you should have an emergency fund. <laughs> you shouldn't be using your credit card for emergencies, oh. but it could be the type of emergency of your kid is driving the car stopped working and they had to pay A, B, and C to get them started. And they mm-hmm. needed that credit card. So that's why it's important to have that conversation. What can the credit card be used for and what it can't? You can set spending limits. Mm-hmm. So that will help. So therefore, if you have a credit limit of 10000 your kid is not going to go crazy and spend 10000 if you put a spending limit of $200. Mm-hmm. So you can that, okay? If the wife in this scenario is nervous, Create a written agreement mm. and both of you sign it. After you have those conversations mm-hmm. of what the credit card is for, why you are doing this, because then you have the conversation on credit and the importance of credit, but also teaches them some good spending habits of yeah. when to spend or when not to spend. Or you can even talk to them if you want to spend on clothes, if it goes over this amount, you need to talk to us first before you swipe that credit card, Mm -hmm. for example. It could be that the credit card is only used, I know for my kid in college right now, it's only used for things like books, Mm -hmm. but other things, he has a certain amount of money that he has to manage and that has to be for clothes, anything Mm -hmm. that he needs, but the credit card is very limited on what he can use it on right now. Mm. That's good advice. That makes sense. I love it. Let's see. So if our audience wants to learn more about you and your podcast, where should they go? Simply jenhemphill.com. And you can find the podcast and how to follow me all on that website. Awesome. And do you want to go ahead and share your social media handles? Yeah. Jen Hemphill. If you are on Instagram, Jen Hemphill, Twitter, but with an extra L. Don't even let me tell you that story. (laughs) I accidentally (laughs) typed too fast and I hit enter. I haven't been able to change it. Because oh, there's no. another Jen Hempel. So yeah, Twitter is Jen Hempel with three L's. It's memorable. <laughs> it is. It is. You won't forget it. I'm going to go look. Mm-hmm. And then also, if there's one thing out of all the things that we've talked about today, one thing you want parents to walk away from today, what would that be? To do you and really talk to your kids from the perspective of what you know, mm-hmm. that you don't have to have all things perfect. And just trust your instinct as to what your kids need from you in terms of money. Because I know money, sometimes it's hard to be confident with, but the more you start talking about it, you'll gain that confidence. So just Mm -hmm. do it. Talk to them with what you know. And it's okay that you're not perfect because none of us are. Mm. I like that. Thank you so much for that. That is really great. I did forget to tell you so. I have a three-year-old, Jen. So she's like very much in that, like doesn't really understand. But mama is frugal. For Christmas, I bought her these like light-up sneakers. It was like a big deal. And I took her to the playground this week and she was stomping in a mud puddle. And I was like, sweetie, (laughs) 
You ruined your shoes. I'm not getting you more new shoes. And then she got really upset, sobbing, crying. I said, sweetie, shoes cost money. I just bought these for you. There's not money to keep buying more shoes. She was confused. And I was like, well, hopefully it'll come off. So I go home, wash the shoes. And when I take them out, they're clean. She's like, they're clean. That means you have money for more shoes now. I was like, that's not exactly how that works, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the right advice for a three-year-old is. Like, do you talk about money with three-year-olds? You can. So there is actually this website that is through the CFPB, and it Mm. gives you some activities and ideas. If you Google money as you grow, oh, and depending on their ages, it gives you different age groups and what they are ready for. And depending on their developmental age. So especially for that age group, that can give you some tips and ideas for that. It's very good advice. Yeah, it was like, I mean, you sort of got the message there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again, Jen. I appreciate you having me here. Yes. To our listeners, thanks for joining us. Please remember to visit Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and a review. And as always, for more resources related to today's episode, check out notesfromthebackpack.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Thank you for tuning in to Notes from the Backpack, a PTA podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at National PTA and online at pta.org forward slash backpack notes. <laughs>